Alright, this is Moonshine Russell, true grit and tough as shit, and always in a bad mood. So welcome, strangers, to Documentary, a show where we watch documentaries and then get together and talk about them. Yeah! Hello, everybody. Hello, Jeff. How are you? My name's Jeff. I'm the host of Documentary. This is a little bit different of an intro today uh, because I have a little bit of a confession to make. Uh, It would have been real easy... For me to come in here and introduce this episode with, which we kind of did it anyway, but uh, I'm going to ad- address a little bit of uh, of something that opened my mind throughout this documentary. Um, we could have come in here, done a, a lot of hooting and hollering and pig squeals and uh, brainless laughing and uh, doing my best, you know, Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel impressions. And, you know, I... Although I do still kind of want to do those because I think they're fucking awesome. When I chose this documentary to watch, being that this is kind of our 4th of July uh, celebration episode, that was kind of the idea. Um, I thought, wouldn't it be funny to celebrate, uh, you know, watching a documentary about a bunch of kind of witless hillbillies and yeet yeet our way through, you know, an episode, you know. But uh, I didn't set out with the purposeful intention of kind of... I guess, marginalizing and or being inconsiderate to an entire region of people. Uh, but that's what I was considering doing when I uh, decided to do this documentary. It wasn't until I actually watched the documentary Hillbilly, which is what we're covering today, that I kind of, you know, halfway through it, I'm going, uh-oh, <laughs> I may have made a mistake here. And I realized I was maybe exploiting a stereotype just the same way that was being that was kind of portrayed as being harmful uh in the documentary that we watched um but i guess that's one of the beautiful things about documentaries is uh that you can they can show you things they can uh make you see things in a way that maybe you didn't before i do end each of our episodes keep your minds open and be kind to each other well i tried my best to maintain that. So with an open mind, I'd rather, rather than scrap the whole episode and say, we're not doing this one. Um, I figured it was better to just speak my mind about and be honest about that, uh, admit some naivety and sort of reframe my plan for this episode. So instead of going all boom hour on everybody and, and, you know, real tongue in cheek, not that we can't do that. Um, just know that it comes from a place of, respect um and being that the this I, I do feel like this is the perfect documentary to do for the fourth of july um because it is a beautiful representation of kind of a highly misunderstood culture um and maybe serve as a catalyst for uh, a celebration of appalachian people um, and their role in american culture so with that being said welcome to another episode of documentary uh i am jeff i am your host Today in the den, I am to, I am joined by two of our illustrious crew members, Bruce Bruce and the Juice is Loose. Bryce, what's up, buddy? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> Maddie, Batty, hey, hey. Boom Baladdy. Hey, hey. <laughs> what's going on? Hello, sir. Hello. Hello, Hello Matt. Hey. Do you guys smell that? What's that smell? What is that smell? Holy shit, I, I know that smell. Guys, it is such a good night. It is a good night. For a bad mood. That, my friends, is the spicy and earthy aroma of moonshine. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you one half of the PWP Pro Wrestling Phoenix Tag Team Champions, Mr. Moonshine Russell. What's up, Darren? That was beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. Fumbled my soul. <laughs> <laughs> if, if you ever need a, uh, a manager, a ring announcer, you let me know. All right. Put your name on the list. <laughs> <laughs> you got a long list waiting yeah, for yeah, you. Everybody <laughs> wants a shot, I think. <laughs> Everyone thinks they can do that shit until they get there, right? right? That's yep. a little bit different. Especially you got someone coming at you in your face. Yeah. Which happens <laughs> yeah. sometimes, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so, Moonshine, he's, uh, if it's not obvious, he's a professional wrestler. Where do you Where do you wrestle? I uh, wrestle mainly kind of in Omaha. We do a monthly show at the Waiting Room Lounge, mm-hmm. usually during the week. Sometimes they'll give us a weekend. Otherwise, I can be found. Uh, I do shows down in South Sioux City, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. We do shows at El Ranchito Ballroom for uh, Next Level Wrestling. Um, sometimes you can find me in Lincoln for MWA. There's also Magnum Pro in the Omaha area. Sometimes mm-hmm. they'll pull me out. It just kind of depends. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. So obviously you're doing pretty good right now. You've got you're holding a, a championship and who's your who's your tag partner? Uh and PWP is Jack Darling. He's a kind of a bayou boy. Yeah. Kind of a couple teeth missing. He's kind of a little yeah. Country, if you would, yeah, as well as I am. So, so it makes it <laughs> makes for a good team, right? Yeah. Well, the worst part is, I was like, I was a, I'm in South Sioux City. I'm also on a tag team with uh, Duke Cornell. We're Guns and yeah. Beer, and we were tag team champions till last month. We lost them, but you know, we'd probably get them back. Yeah, you got this. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, Duke Cornell, he he wrestles PWP too. Right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anyway, enough about that. <laughs> Well, maybe not. Tell us a little bit. So you're here. We're covering Hillbilly. You kind of, you know, adopted that persona when you and I talked, you know, the moonshine persona. Uh, you told me, you know, the best wrestling persona. And I'm sorry if I'm if I'm ruining kayfabe here for anyone that may be listening. But um, the the best wrestling persona is one that is an amplification of your own personality. Right. So yeah. why? Why? You know, if if if. If people can't see here, you know, when I met Darren, he was calling himself Darren Thunder Russell, um, which was, you know, you were you were one of my nephew's favorites. So right. you and uh, Maddie Starr were pretty much head to head on that one. Um, but uh, you adopted Moonshine. Why? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, like I like you said, uh, when I started off, I was Darren Thunder Russell. Actually, when I first started off, I was just Darren just straight Darren. I was the camera guy. Hi guys, I'm Darren. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I got an altercation with one of the wrestlers and I was just Darren the camera guy. Okay. And then slowly as I kind of evolved, you know, uh, I was going for the the good guy look, the baby face, yep. if you would. Mm -hmm. And Darren Thunder Russell was just baby face me, I said. But I felt like I had to act like a baby face. You got to mm -hmm. do all the right things. And you really can't show a lot of charisma or who you are through Dar Darren Thunder Russell. Right. And I kind of kind of went on a hiatus there for a little bit and yeah. they wanted to bring me back and that was when duke just came back to pwp and he had a a, a faction called guns and beer mm -hmm. and he needed a partner and they said well why don't we just throw why don't we just throw darren with him yeah you know he's like he's he's a country guy anyway you yeah know? And they're like we'll just have to country him up a little bit and i think it was duke that came up with the the moonshine persona it's fucking awesome dude and i was like <laughs> you know that that works pretty good and then yeah. when i started off i was darren moonshine russell eventually just dropped the darren i was like too long yeah. moonshine russell's perfect yeah yeah well moonshine it is then for the rest of this podcast if that's all right we'll with take you, it sir. that's all fine right. yeah um how long have you been doing this how long have you been wrestling? uh let's see here i, I graduated in 05 and it, i think the summer of 05 i went to Clorinda, Iowa, to a training session and tried it out there. And I didn't think it was for me at first. And somehow, some way or another, I got an email from uh, Chris Havius, mm -hmm. owner and runner of PWP. And he messaged me and he said, well, we're doing a show in Council Bluffs. It'd be closer. Uh, I believe Hype Gotti and Jaden Drago were going to be the the teachers of the seminar. And Jaden Drago was taught by Shawn Michaels. Mm -hmm. He went through a whole stint down there. And I was like, well... That would be pretty cool, too. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we'll give this a shot. So I drove down one day and set up the ring and everything, and I went through the camp, and I said, that camp, I said, we were throwing clotheslines, we were doing suplexes, we were hitting the ropes, we were actually in the ring, and I was like, okay, this is more my speed. <laughs> this you know? is fucking awesome. <laughs> and then I think I trained for maybe maybe a year and a half, two years before I got my first match in 2008, yeah. and ever since then, it's kind of just been doing it once you do it they always say it's like you know once once you do it it's hard to get away from it like yeah. you always want to have that that in your life something yeah. to do with wrestling yeah and you probably have you know uh the promoters whether it's habeas or whoever's doing it for for the other companies you know knocking at your door going i need someone to fill a match it's hard to tell your buddy no too right yeah yeah that doesn't help yeah <laughs> you pulled me back a couple times yeah so. and you you and you and matt know each other before we tonight we yeah. do matt how do, you, how, how do you know mr moonshine uh we used to go to school together uh for a whole year uh i sat behind him in class i'm sorry to hear that it's <laughs> all right I, I drew smiley faces on him and he didn't know so that was kind of my my entertainment throughout school and my mom's still mad about it I believe that. I'm sorry, yeah. Mrs. Kunzel. <laughs> Mrs. Moonshine, actually. Oh, Miss, Mrs. Moonshine. Mrs. Moonshine Shine That's Russell. Funny. All right, so the four of us, and then DJ over there behind the camera, uh, we descended from the hills, whether that's Council Bluffs or one of the hills in small town Nebraska or something like that, or maybe over in Appalachia. We descended from the hills. Uh, some of us have brought our favorite distilled beverages. Uh, we're going to be flapping our jaws to talk about an 
to me, an eye-opening 87-minute documentary released in 2018 called Hillbilly. Hillbillies are really nice, but some people think that we're horrible people. The term hillbilly has plagued the Appalachian region, and more recently, Appalachia was singled out as the reason for Trump's rise. People have a certain perception of us. A woman once asked me if I knew who Johnny Carson was. She didn't think we had TVs. No other region in America is more misunderstood than Appalachia. This commitment to characterize a region as poor means that coal companies can come in and exploit the entire region. It's only a region of trash, so why not trash it? People have been victimized because there's no public outcry. They don't care about people like us. I mean, stereotypes do vicious cultural work. Hillary said that we were all deplorables. A lot of young people want to escape as soon as possible. It's tiring to have to hide who you are as a person. It's Thursday, and I'm glad that I can be black and forget that I'm a hillbilly. Everybody has an Appalachia, somebody that they can feel superior to. The hills stand for so much. Those attempting to portray the region must understand the complexities of poverty and pride and culture. Oppressed and exploited people can turn against people with whom we should stand in solidarity. I probably would identify as a hillbilly. I'm a hillbilly and I'm very proud. Hillbilly is a documentary that examines the iconic hillbilly image in media and culture and explores more than 100 years of media representation of mountain and rural people and offers an urgent exploration of how we see and think about rural America, specifically in the Appalachian region. Uh, this documentary won some awards, uh, best documentary feature and best score in a documentary feature at the Scruffy City Film and Music Festival, which sounds like Maybe a hillbilly festival, um, Scruffy City. I don't know what that is, but I like it. Um, they won a special mention for document documentary filmmaking at the Traverse City uh, Film Festival. Uh, won documentary award for best documentary feature at the Los Angeles Film Festival. Uh, and it has a 90% tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes. But this is one of, I think, the first two documentaries that we've done that is not certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes due to its 55% audience score. So a little bit hit and miss on this one. And I think maybe we got, uh, I think maybe we'll see some of that when we do our ratings later on in the show. Uh, let's see. Co-directed by Ashley York and Sally Rubin. Produced by Doug Blush, Silas House, David Sutherland, Jonathan Matthews, Brian Donald, Sam Cole, Kayla Veloso, and Tom Hansel. This film was The Orchard, Sally Rubin Films, and Stay Wild production. Uh, we streamed it on Tubi, and we'll have a link with all that shit in the show notes. Let's get into it. A quick warning before we get into it. If you want to see the documentary before we talk about it, now is your one and only spoiler alert. Uh, but you don't need to. You can just listen to us, and we'll tell you all about it. Isn't that right, gentlemen? Yep. All about it. Everything you need to know. Yep. And more. Probably more than you ever wanted to know about this doc. <laughs> um, at, at the top of the show, I spoke a little bit about why I chose this documentary, so I don't think we need to go into that. Had any of you guys seen this before I put it nope. on your plate? Uh, just in real life. Just in real life, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just in real life. I didn't life. know they were filming. Yeah. <laughs> Same story. Yeah. Kind of where I met Darren. That's Hillbilly Land, too. Just, yeah. just Nebraska Hillbilly Land. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys did grow up grow up in rural America, small town America. What what was the size, Darren? What was the size of the uh, moonshine? I'm sorry, uh, it's all good. Uh, what was the size of the town? That Town's you grew about up? Uh, about 300 people, maybe less than 300 people now. Yeah. But I think last last was 300. Last I knew. Yeah, it's been that way for a decade or more. Like yeah. uh, like even like in our high school, like I graduated in a class of 10 kids. Yeah, Holy five cow. boys, yeah. five girls. Three of them were first cousins. Yeah, that tells you anything. Right. Yeah. So, you know. <laughs> so, uh, what were, how about you, Bryce? Had you, had you heard of this one before? Had I heard of Hillbilly? The documentary. The documentary. Yeah. Uh, no, I had not. 
had you um have you ever met a hillbilly uh yeah today <laughs> well <laughs> not so, today oh okay. uh, maybe today yeah maybe you're, every day you're so cultured <laughs> you want go just swine you don't you don't have to go far <laughs> yeah uh darren i i contacted you i said hey would you be interested in doing this um i told you what we were watching did you have predictions about about the show what before you watched it like what were you thinking like what the fuck jeff like, i was i was kind of hoping it was gonna be more along the lines like you said like just kind of seeing hillbillies doing hillbilly things you know mm-hmm. and then like when i kind of watched the trailer for it i was like oh i'm like there's some political yeah and a little bit of this a little bit of that yeah. kind of a mix of everything not so much making fun of hillbillies not that yeah. there's anything wrong with that i was surprised right. in that too right so was i yeah my prediction was a, a, a along the same lines you know it was going to be an episode of you know beverly hillbillies or maybe not that show but you know what was the one buck wild or something where oh. it's just people going crazy crazy and nuts and going, going buck wild yeah going <laughs> buck wild and and i i should have known better i mean you're going to have a documentary about that. That's more of a, uh, 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 like a TV, you know, a scripted TV show as opposed to a documentary. But, uh, it was a little surprising to me that the, it was not that, even though there was a lot of that in there, you know, the, the very first scene is a hillbilly parade, which was interesting to me because with, with the, the hillbilly stereotype being so, uh, I guess, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like they're they're talking down on the stereotype, talking about how harmful it is and all that, and then they're still very much embracing that mm-hmm. during their parades and things. And I get that. I think that's probably pretty common with a lot of things. But throughout the film, they do talk about, you know the people of Appalachia start to believe these stereotypes as well, which that's kind of case in point right there that, you know, so anyway, uh, I was surprised a little, uh, sort of the, 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 the stereotyping of a misunderstood people in a region. So anyway, anything else you guys want to, want to add there? No, 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 no. That parade looked like fun. Yeah, it did. (laughs) Yeah, it did. (laughs) Um, let's get into some of our favorite or least favorite things about Hillbilly. Um, but I'm going to give a quick synopsis of the documentary. Allow me to do some code switching, which was a word they used about changing your accent while I read this. So let me see if I can get, does that sound, does that sound Kentucky? That's mighty fine. Darren, how am I doing? Uh, down, down right there, down real good. All right. Ooh, that's good. I like that. Real good. I should have you read this. <laughs> Uh, Hillbilly introduces audience to a nuanced, authentic Appalachia that is quite conscious of how it has been portrayed and the impacts of those portrayals. The documentary deconstructs mainstream representations while asking crucial questions such as, where did the Hillbilly archetype come from? Why has it endured on screen for more than a hundred years? How do Appalachian and rural people view themselves as a result? of these negative portrayals and what is the impact on the rest of America. Hillbilly goes on a personal and political journey into the heart of Appalachian coal fields. Is it a coal field? Coal mine. mine. Heart of coal mine. Uh, Exploring the role of media representation in the creation of the iconic American hillbilly and examining the social, cultural, and political underpinnings of the infamous stereotype. I don't know a hillbilly that would have said underpinnings, but I just said it. I'm probably doing exactly what I said I didn't want to do, but we're having fun. (laughs) This was filmed in Georgia, Kentucky, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia. Hillbilly uncovers an unexpected set of artists, poets, activists, queer musicians, Afro-Latin poets and intersectional feminists, all expect all unexpected voices emerging from this historically misunderstood region. Hillbilly is a timely and urgent exploration of how we see and think about poverty and rural identity in contemporary America, offering a call for dialogue during this diverse time in U.S. history. So that was it. First impressions, you guys. Uh, we'll talk about standout moments, but without going too deep into things bryce did you did you enjoy this documentary i uh i enjoyed aspects of this documentary yeah. um i think the cinematography was really good they had some really cool shots mm-hmm. in it 
they also got a lot of like old videos from movies and yeah. everything spliced in uh, old Mountain Dew advertisements, stuff like that. Mountain where they, Dew. It'll tickle your innards. <laughs> uh, that's why we drink it. It's good. Yeah, it tickles my innards all right. Mm-hmm. Um, Moonshine, what stood out to you about this documentary, man? This, I mean, this was 80-something minutes of, you know, documentary. Are you, first of all, I guess, are you a documentary watcher? Is this something that... Uh, here and there. Yeah. You know, I do a lot of wrestling documentaries just because mm. you know i'm kind of in that every once in a while i'll stumble on something else but i, I enjoyed watching this for what it was but yeah like he said like aspects of it there were parts yeah. of it that really stuck out to me and some of it was just kind of like eh, what eh. what stood out what what stood out is something that you liked it was i kind of liked how like it seemed like a lot of the, the hillbilly types were like real proud you know i said they're proud people to be hillbillies and accept the fact that they're hillbillies I said, I don't think that they like that there's this negative connotation to like right. how they live or how they were brought up or where they live. And I was like, that's kind of cool because I can kind of yeah. relate to it. But yeah, I something along those same lines, something that kind of stood out to me was I, I realized that I didn't even really know what Appalachia was. Like I knew, you know, the Appalachian Mountains, but like where do those run through? What is considered to be? And, you know, they even mentioned in there like, you know where Iowa is because there's a big sign that says you're in Iowa, you know, but Appalachia goes through a whole bunch, you know, let's see, Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, and West Virginia. First of all, some of the most beautiful country I've ever seen. I've ridden my motorcycle through almost all of those states or parts of them, and it's absolutely gorgeous up there. Um, you also see a lot of rebel flags, which is a little bit unnerving. But it, they almost, and back to what you were saying, they almost talk about it a little bit like it's, like like it's a race or like it's a, uh, it's it's so much a part of their identity. You know, we are Midwesterners, right? But I don't tell anybody that that's not how I identify myself. I don't say, well, I'm a Midwesterner from whatever. Like that's not, like I might tell you I'm from Nebraska, but I don't really identify. But they were, you know, people calling themselves Appalachian Americans you know, where that is, that is who you are. So there's a huge amount of pride in that. And them saying like, yeah, I'd I'd call myself a hillbilly, even though that's, I don't know if we would go as far as to call it a slur, but maybe it's on the path to that. You know, probably at some point we'll listen to this document or this uh, podcast 20 years down the road and we'll be canceled because we all called some, <laughs> we were saying the word hillbilly so often, but you hillbilly, know, hillbilly, hillbilly, that was too bold. Bryce Sealed is canceled. It. Sealed my fate. <laughs> oh God. Bryce Necker, everyone yep. just got canceled. <laughs> well, it was uh, worth it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I agree. The, the, the amount of pride in that was a little bit shocking, but I mean, understandable too. I think, I mean, we all kind of, I think take pride in, in to an extent where we come from. And especially if it becomes at all uh, um, oppressed in any sort of way. I know even like when I would, and maybe this is going too far into things, but like when I was in the Navy, I never really cared that I'm from Nebraska. I mean, it was never really a thing, but when I got to the Navy and no one else was from Nebraska, all of a sudden I'm proud of being a Nebraskan. Hmm. And I'm like, yep, that's, that's me, you know, that's where I, and then I come back to Nebraska and I couldn't care less anymore because this is where we are. But, you know, I, I can kind of, kind of see maybe where they're coming from with that. Matt, how about you, man? Talk about some standouts. Uh, you know, I, it just, the, the culture there is, is, is fun. Yeah. You know, I, I, I couldn't think of a derogatory thing to, to say about them. Not, not that I would, but right. you know, the, the culture is fun. I, I relate to it. Uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what I grew up in. And, uh, it, the, the documentary itself, it was, it was well put together. The, the filmography, filmography was good. And yeah, that's, that's kind of stuff that I want to do someday is is fly my drone over, over (laughs) cool mountainous regions. And just clearly they, they, they took some of this filming in, in the fall because just, it was so beautiful up there. Yep. So one, one thing that I thought was a sort of an interesting kind of, uh, juxtaposition, I guess, was the filmmaker herself, who was like the pretty much the main character of the documentary. Um, her name was Ashley York. Um, 
she's a very progressive feminist, left-leaning democratic filmmaker um, from the heart of Appalachian Kentucky, um, which are very much in general, a very opposite of that. Um, not obviously we saw throughout this film that not everybody there is, is that, but um, I did think that that was kind of an interesting way to, you know, her still wanting to do a film that helps disprove some of the stereotypes, um, but also wanting to go do it during a very divisive time in our country's history, which was during the election of Donald Trump against Hillary Clinton and how much she wanted uh, Clinton to get elected and everyone in her town wanted Trump to get uh, elected. Um, but I think that the the political piece of this documentary was what kept it from being much, much better than what it could have been. How do you guys feel about that? I agree. Yeah. I, I It could have done far less political yeah you know just yeah. we saw enough of that for four years 2016 right, I, to 2020 like like i don't want to relive that ever again because it was just it was terrible. yeah and i think that's part of what made it is it dated it so much because here we are you know in 2023 not to put a date on this podcast because we wanted to live in infamy but that that uh election is over and done with Neither one of those is in office. Neither one of them are in office anymore or anything, you know? So it's dated itself, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I understand the desire to touch on that because of its divisiveness in that part of the the country. But they spent too much time on it. And I think I think it it pulled me out of it quite a bit. Um how do you how did you feel about uh, that? Like it was like it seemed like they're trying to make it like almost like a key point, but not really like a key yeah, point. Yeah. Like they were trying to mesh it in when they could. But yeah. even then I was just like kind of taking me out of it. It was yeah. like, you know, like every families, towns, there's gonna be some that go one way and there's gonna be some that go the other way. It's like do Right. You, do you need to show that? Like <laughs> Exactly. And and just because the majority is were Trump supporters from the the town. Um, I don't think that that was a shock to anyone, but I also don't think that it was really necessary to go and find the people that weren't. I just felt like it was a somewhat unnecessary thing to spend so much time on, especially if, if, and again, if it was just a lot shorter, if that piece was just a, a snippet to the whole, I, I liked the idea of, of, uh, disproving stereotypes, but that could have been the documentary in and of itself in my opinion. But, um, so the filmmaker, she grew up in a part of Kentucky known as meat house holler, which I think is a really cool name. Um, I honestly, and when this was without even thinking about you being there, uh, moonshine, I thought meat house holler sounded like a cool wrestling move or something like that. Yeah. yeah. That or even, even hailing from meat house. Yeah. Holler sounds yeah, yeah. Pretty good. yeah. All the way from meat house holler. Come on with a ham hanging over your back or something. I don't know. <laughs> And it's the same one every week, so it starts to stink real bad. Ham jerky. Yeah, jerky. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, Bryce. What else, man? What? What? Yeah, man. Uh, talk. Talk. Give us some of the 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 Bryce eloquent speech that we've come to know and love. Oh man, have you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, back to the whole election thing. Like she moved out and ended up in. LA, um, yeah. which is quite different than rural Kentucky. Yeah. So going back to visit her family and they all just have very polarizing views at the time. So, but I think they did spend too much time on the election, kind of like I'm doing right now. Spending uh, too much time in our podcast talking yeah. about this. Yeah. But one thing I really appreciated about it is I finally got to find out what happened to the kid from Deliverance. Yeah. Um, Turns out he works at Walmart, so that's kind of sad. And he only made five hundred bucks on the movie. Yeah, um, but he does have a gold record of five hundred thousand copies uh, sold. Yeah, so that's cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It, that was uh, an interesting and kind of uh, heartbreaking part of the show um, when they talked to uh, what's the Billy Redden. Billy Redden, uh, the boy who played the banjo in the duel with Ronnie Cox during the film Deliverance. Um, and we'll, since you brought that up, we'll jump to that part. Um, have you guys seen Deliverance? 
Oh, not, yeah. for, not for a long, long, long time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's two things people generally remember about the movie Deliverance. One is the dueling banjos, mm -hmm. and the other is the rape scene, right? Um, and it's interesting to hear from the people that were in it and around it how like damaging that was to their reputation because a movie that has been touted as like one of the top 10 American movies of all time mm -hmm. that completely destroys the reputation of a culture where now, I mean, I even found myself when I was riding through, I was riding through the Hills of West Virginia. I had no cell service, no nothing. And I tipped my bike and I broke one of my shift bars because the, the roads were kind of crag, cragged up. And I remember thinking to myself, Oh my God, if I can't get this bike up and started, I'm in West Virginia in the hills. Like I'm in trouble here. That's a fucking stereotype. That's, you know, I wasn't in any danger besides, well, maybe I was, but not, nothing like nothing unlike anywhere else I was going to be. So, yeah. you know, that's a powerful thing. The stereotype is a powerful thing. Moonshine. Yeah. yeah. Anything about the, the documentary besides the political side of it that, that you were like, nah, I don't really care for this or anything that stood out in like a negative way. Mm, that's a good question. I try to give those from time to time. Right. I said the political part was that, that seemed like that would take me out every then every yeah. here and then, but otherwise like, uh, otherwise everything seemed pretty like they had like the little parades and they talked mm -hmm. to like, I liked how they talked to the kids about, yeah. you know, they're asking the kids, oh, are you hillbillies? Like, yeah, I'm yeah. a hillbilly, you know? Yeah. And then they went back to the, the politics. It's like, Oh, yeah. they're like, do you think Trump should win? Do you think Hillary should? And it's like, well, what is that? Yeah. Do? Why the <laughs> fuck do you keep bringing that up? I was like, he's like a, you know, probably an elementary school student. I'm like, he probably doesn't pay that much attention to Right. Yeah. But the youngest kid in the, the, the documentary that they asked that to as well. That was, like I said, that was probably the thing that just took me out. Like every couple of seconds I'd get pulled into something else and like, boom, that would yeah. come up and it's like, okay, all right, back at this. And yep. Um, so they talked about, you know, how did the media representation, uh, kind of start? How did the stereotype start? And they, they spoke about president Johnson waging the quote, unconditional war on poverty <coughs> and showing this part of America, American culture, specifically white people. And I know they, they, they spoke on that a little bit, um, that, you know, this gave a white face to poverty, you know, the, the, the dirty kid on the side of the road, the um, rundown houses as they were driving past, the broken down vehicles. It starts to become a part of the identity of that people because it's so ingrained. And everyone kind of, you know, jumped on board when they saw the, the little white kid on the side of the road. Well, they, they made sure to, um, uh, to mention that, you know, there was plenty of black people, too, in the same region. Uh, they, they just didn't focus on that as much. And that's probably, be, you know, comes back to uh, the inherent racism and, and things like that. What about, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah Bryce agrees. <laughs> it did seem like they could have added more to like they had the uh, the group of the uh, black people that were saying that, you know, like yeah. we're hillbillies, too. We live in the area, but it's yeah. a different distinction. Like, I feel like they probably could have lengthened that with some of the time they put into the politics and stuff like Agreed. that. Like I'm, I was kind of more curious about mm -hmm. what it was like in that scenario. I was like, yeah, the, they, they went and talked to the group of, they, I think they called them Afro uh poets and whatever, which is kind of, you know, we're a documentary. So we like to, uh, we like to play on words around here, but <laughs> um, you know, very, very articulate, very well-spoken, very knowledgeable, very, you know, things that aren't usually synonymous with what someone would stereotype as a hillbilly, um, you know, and very much not following into that stereotype, which was nice to see. And I would agree that, you know, we could have, we could have stood to, to go to talk about, talk to them a little bit more and, and see a little bit more of their story. We got some of it, you know, they, uh, they talked to, uh, you know, a, a gay couple. So Silas House, who who run the, ran the uh, the radio show, which by the way, he has a great radio voice, He's very low, very low voice. And so, anyway, maybe we can get him to do an intro for us someday. But um, I don't think he's gonna beat that uh, that moonshine intro we had today, though. That yeah. might be the. You gotta give him a shot, though. Let him try. We'll let him try. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, I think 
something that's that stood out to me was the fact that the prior to this and some of the things that they they talked about as re, in regard to the stereotype um i didn't realize i guess that the the hillbilly stereotype was directed at a region or a cult like a cultural center i thought it was just like you know, I, I knew that there wasn't necessarily positive connotations to, to that stereotype, but I didn't realize, I guess it was just directed towards a region. Did you guys know that? I mean, did you know that that was the part of the country that was sort of being stereotyped or was it, I just thought it was like anyone from anywhere that that's, uh, you know, quote unquote redneck or hillbilly or, you know, that maybe has those, the stereotypical traits I mean, was that something you I guys didn't were... know that it was uh, region specific, but you know, I mean, like you said, they are everywhere. That right. that, that personification of people, uh, yeah. uh, that how people are, they're everywhere. It sounded like though in the in the film, and it, it sounded like maybe you just disagreed, which is good. Um, it's not directed toward a specific region. It's more, it is like a a more based on how you look, you dress, you mm -hmm. talk, you, you know, whatever that may be, you know. Um, but it sounded like from the people that were talking, like it was Appalachian, like specific. Mm. Do you disagree with that? I do. I certainly do. Yeah. Um, the idea of being a hillbilly, you know, in from what they portray in the movies, you know, just the, the rural communities that I've been around in my life, you know, there, there's, there's definitely a, a, a hillbilly, uh, look, uh, uh, way of speaking, so to, so to say, mm -hmm. um, it, it's definitely, yeah. I profiling think in, for sure. in a way. Yeah. And, and I, I wonder too, like the accent was a big part of it, you know, and being, mm -hmm. being from the, the Midwest as we are, and, you know, you get a little bit of a, you get, you can get a little, some, some people get a little bit of the draw, but you know, <laughs> I wonder how much of that's just from, TV and whatnot, but, um, you know, they, I guess for me, it was also a little bit shocking to understand that the, or I guess that the, that the accent was so important to the stereotype, um, or, you know, they, they talked to when, when Silas house was on his radio show and he had two people on who were talking about code switching and having to, you know, draw back their accent, you know, based on who they're talking to, um, because they don't want to be mistook for being ignorant or being stupid or anything like that, which, you know, an, or her uncle going into the military. And then when, when they, uh, learned where he was from and heard his accent and there all of a sudden he didn't get the brotherhood that he longed for in the, in the, in the military, which was sad. Did people really look at accents that deeply? <laughs> I mean, they must. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah, I think they do. It was yeah. like uh, Jeff Fox, really. I mean, this kind of yeah. like a comedic stance. He always said he always felt wherever you went, if you had an accent, it deducted IQ points. He goes, because <laughs> nobody wants to have your doctor walk in the room and be like, all right, now what we're going to do is, you know, <laughs> cut the top of your head open, root around in there with a stick, and see if we can't find that dang burn clot. Like, <laughs> like, are you going to trust this guy to work on you? Even if he went to school to be a doctor and has all these degrees, it's like. Right. Yeah. And it, and that's all just conditioning, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there's nothing stupid about a person just because they, they talk that way, but. You're right. I mean, just you even just saying that, like that's that's conditioning that we've been brought up with for our entire lives. When if somebody talks like that, mm -hmm. they might not portray the same amount of, or they might not possess the same amount of intelligence, um, which is obviously something that we as a culture should probably work on. But right. but I will say, you know, and I know that like James, for example, <laughs> he's talked to me before about, you know, the like where he grew up in the, what, what he would refer to lovingly as the hood and, and, you know, talk the way he would talk to all of his friends might be a little bit differently than the way he would go talk at like a job interview. You know, that's the same kind of idea. You know, you're not necessarily talking the same way that you would talk to your group of friends. And in some ways I get that, but it's, it's sad that you would have to change something so 
trivial about yourself to be taken seriously, in my opinion. Um, uh, anyone got anything that else that's standing out here? Uh, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the bottom of my barrel here with the with my standout moments. I didn't see a lot of alcohol consumption in this show, which, <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shame. for a show about hillbillies, <laughs> yeah, I expected a little more of that, especially being from Kentucky. Um, you know that area is yeah. you know right for moonshine. Right. <laughs> you know that's that's yeah the, that's literal the moonshine, moonshine yeah right. moonshine capital of the the world is over in that area. So right right next to the Bourbon Empire, right next to the Bourbon yeah. Empire. Yeah. It's, what what are you what are you drinking there, Moonshine? Uh, I'm actually drinking blackberry brandy. Okay, mm. <laughs> that's right on brand, that, right? That's more my my Czech roots always kind of go to. So. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, I, I mean, do you guys agree that I mean that I mean that definitely wasn't portrayed very heavily in in this documentary? Does that play a part in that culture? Is that something that was left out? Maybe intentionally. Well, maybe either that or we're just conditioned to think that way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's, true. that's, 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 yeah. 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 Well, cause I mean, didn't they traditionally, didn't they have like a lot of moonshine runners like back during prohibition and stuff like that? Weren't, yeah. I mean, you I, know, I think so. I'm not super. I don't know if Copperhead Road runs through Appalachia, but you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. Good Lord. It's also, I thought it was interesting when they kind of went towards, uh, like they did go towards the Buck Wild show and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like that was a show that completely just escaped my mind. Like I watched it and I enjoyed it when it was on, (laughs) but I forgot it even existed because I forgot about the whole incident, the accident with the Shane Gandy, I think his name was. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they mentioned another show too. What was it? Um, I seen they they had some Duck Dynasty clips in there yeah, too. Yeah, stuff Duck like Dynasty. But I feel like they, yeah, maybe it was just maybe I was just thinking of Deliverance and all that. Um, uh, so we talked about the political side of things. You know, I did, I did think it was kind of funny um, when her granny said, "You know, shame on you for voting for Hillary. Uh, I must not have burped you right when you were a baby." <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> Um, and then after the election, you know, Silas House saying, I love Appalachia, but I don't feel like it loves me. That was kind of heartbreaking. Uh, I don't, I didn't look up, anyone look up any of these characters at all afterwards? Or, no, no, me neither. Um, have you, okay, so something that was brought up in the, in the documentary that I personally have never seen. Um, have you guys seen, hillbilly culture being uh, adopted as like a hipster trend or theme. Is that anything that you guys have experienced? Because they, they talked about it and I was Kid like, rock. What? where the fuck is this? Yeah. Kid uh, rock, maybe kid rock, but <laughs> I, I've seen, I mean, I don't know if you can adopt a hairstyle into being like a whole, <laughs> the trend. I said, there's molds kind of having a resurgence right yeah, now. It is. Oh, yeah. it is. Yeah. I was like, there's kids in schools, gross. like molds left and right. You know, it's, it's gross. Like, yeah. You know, if it's coming back, it's coming back. You yeah, can't I guess. stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they, they talked about redneck chic and like yeah. they they you know showed Usher come out on like one of the talk shows with the you know a coonskin cap or whatever. And um maybe that just escaped my purview because I couldn't give a shit about it, you know, but uh yeah, I thought it was interesting, you know, people throwing redneck parties and all that. And I mean I'm not being from that region i don't know that i can but i just i guess i don't see it as you know as i'm probably going to get hate mail for this but i i don't know that i see it as you know the cultural appropriation in the same way that you know maybe the native american culture or the uh you know or the black culture or um you know if you if you're having a uh you know, an Indian party and everyone's in, you know, headdresses and and things like that. I could see that being problematic. I, maybe it's just because it is, isn't a race, you know, as opposed to, but I mean, what are you guys thoughts? Do you have issues with that? If you walk in and someone's throwing a redneck party, are you like, that's kind of fucked up? I mean, 
five years ago, I'd have joined them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how good the party is. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah, interesting party because they mm. were sitting around saying, "Oh, white trash is the new hipster." Like, never heard that. I and I haven't seen that played out. Um, right. So I, I think they were just wrong on that, or it's so hip that I just don't know about Maybe it. Maybe it hasn't got to us yet. It's it always gets to Nebraska big, late. Big so. chance yeah. that that's on the way. Yeah. Oh, good. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. But, like, but go ahead. A lot of like like the guy with the, the coonskin hat and stuff like that. Like, was that just like a one and done? Just like, right. It's like, it's not like a part of him now. Like, I don't think I see him go out no. with it anymore than just was, the one appearance. So, yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And I guess, though, when I, when I think about it with the resurgence of the mullet, you know, and everyone wearing like the pit Viper sunglasses, I, I guess I can kind of see it maybe spiking up a little bit that, that sort of, you know, NASCAR, uh, crowd, you know, that sort of thing. But I don't know. Um, anything else, any other standout moments, Bryce, moonshine, Matt, anything that stood out that you guys want to talk about? I think one of, one of the lines from the movie, um, they were talking about the coal mines or the coal industry, and it's like um, they were talking about being looked down on. Yeah. And yet, what was it? Three quarters of New York is powered by West Virginia coal. Right. Like. Yeah, and that's something that I didn't get into that maybe we should talk briefly on. Um, the fact that there was so much exploitation from big companies to this region that the people there, it was, it was very similar. There was a lot of shades of our, our episode for 13th um, where they were, how they sort of exploited black people into continuing to use them as slaves because they called them criminals, you know, for false charges. Well, it was the same kind of thing. Like, we don't really want to give you any credit for the coal that's on your land. We don't really want to give you any ownership of the coal that's on your land. We don't want to give you any of the kickbacks from that, but we do want you to work in the mines. So what we're going to do is portray you as a bunch of uh, deplorable Neanderthals up here and keep it as far and, and essentially, you know, for lack of a better term, rape the land that you're on because they talked about flooding that happened because mm -hmm. of that. They talked about the boulder that came off from the guy illegally cutting through the hills with a bulldozer and killing the little kid, which was super sad. Um, you know, that's a, a pretty, a pretty sad tale. Yeah. And, you know, then being told that even though you're kind of being targeted in a lot of political campaigns as the salt of the earth, you know, you know, blue collar, you know, you know, working class Americans. But then when those things happen that were caused by the companies that are, that are lobbying the politicians and all that, and now you're not coming in and sending any, any aid, uh, at, in any kind of timely manner. I mean, that should should show us a lot of things about the way our government works, you know. If and they mentioned it in the documentary, if they're we clearly aren't paying their paychecks, so they're not going to spend as much time and money on us, yeah. um, which which was sad. And then the statistic that they had probably the highest opioid overdose. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Rate. I guess remind me what that remind me what that was about. I don't, I didn't take note on that. Well, that was just in, in like the same line, um, that that region has the most, uh, opioid overdose fatalities or something. Yeah. And they, they didn't, they mention that along with a different statistic, like, mm -hmm. ah, it doesn't matter. Um, it was in there. It was in there. It was somewhere in there. Um, so how did we feel after the credits rolled in this one? Um, Bryce, let's start with you since you're so eager to to talk to me today. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, How did you feel after watching credits roll and Bryce goes to sleep? Uh, well, I just kind of had the feeling like, yep, that's over. That was <laughs> Jesus. That Christ. was pretty good, but I was also kind of bored with it by the end. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. That, yep. Sorry. That's yeah. Don't apologize to me. I didn't make it. I, I just made you watch it. I just. <laughs> 
Apology to, you know, everyone. Should apologize to him for making him watch it. <laughs> nah, I'll never apologize <laughs> was, for that. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Matt, how about you, sir? Um, how'd you feel? I mean, overall, it was a good. It was a good documentary. Um, <laughs> too much political stuff. Yeah, I I could have done without that. I could have learned more about the hillbilly culture than than I needed to spend time with my brain power on soaking it in with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Right. Yep. Yeah. How about you, Moonshine? I feel like like near the end, I was getting ready for it to end. Like these guys are saying, like yep. it was kind of dragging on a little bit, but. For the most part, like they were saying, like I kind of like how they were trying to put a good spin on hillbilly. You know, they said like all around the world there are Appalachians. They said yeah. whether you see them or you don't, there are belts of people that are you know. Yeah. So we might not talk right and stuff like that. And I just I was really looking for that. You know, like hillbillies are just like everybody else. Sure, there yeah. might be some bad ones, but I'm sure there are some good ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Yeah, and 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 to to that point, you're absolutely right when you know the. It's important, I think, if you're going to make a documentary like that, it's important to make a focus of that. And I think it was, and that was what they did well, was to say, it's not all just a bunch of inbred idiots. <laughs> it's not wrong turn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because how how many how many media representations of the 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 hillbilly persona or the kind of redneck persona is that the 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 all around for to use a wrestling term baby face you know can you think of one any i mean i think little abner was supposed to be one but I, I know that was a pretty uh rough representation of you know i dolly parton yeah that's true yeah, they they did man. they did go there that was a pretty pretty cool clip yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like, all you need but that's also all we got yeah yeah true um you know, for me, like I said, this did open my eyes a little bit. I, I truthfully, I don't think hillbilly culture and hill and you know that was really much on my radar at all throughout my life, and and you know it doesn't really play a huge part in my life, so I don't know uh, that it'll stay in the forefront of my brain just because I'm not from that part of the country or anything. But you know, I was shocked by how much people identified as that as Appalachian. Um, you know, so that, that I was a little shocked after that. I didn't hate this documentary, but I didn't love it. I think that's kind of, this one falls right in the middle for me. The, however, what I will say is I love the music in this documentary. I just love that kind of country, Southern sort of Southern Gothic style. Um, there was a, a musician that they interviewed. Her name was Amethyst Kaya or Kia. Um, she was just killing, she was uh, playing guitar on stage. And then she talked to them a little bit about liking the Appalachian term as opposed to hillbilly. Um, I think she was the one who kind of said that, that sort of turning into a, uh, a slur type of term. Um, I knew her voice sounded familiar. I looked her up and there's a playlist on Spotify called Southern Gothic that I listen to all the time. And she's on there like three times. I'm like, yes, that's fucking awesome. Um, so, so good. I love that shit. Um, was there a message here in this documentary, Moonshine? What do you think, man? Was there what? What were they trying to tell us? Uh, I think they were just trying. To me, it seemed like, like I said, like they were trying to get over, you know, like hillbilly. You know, hopefully, doesn't turn into a slur, but it can right. be used as a, you know, a word of just a, a type of person, you know, that you know they don't have to be bad or cousin lovers or anything of that yeah. nature, anything <laughs> right. derogative or bad, but right. like. You know, like, I like seeing people just being held up, like, you know, this is what they are, this is where they're from, this is where it originated, you know. Yeah. And uh, kind of just hoping that it doesn't. Yep. Yeah. Matt, do you think that this was a uh, objective or a, a biased documentary? I think ultimately it was a biased documentary. Agreed. It was pretty clear where they were leaning in yeah. what direction. The political stuff, man. I mean, no, that really fucking even, ruined this documentary in a lot even, of ways. Not even just the political stuff. I mean, you know, one can preach for censorship in the in the in the the person making the film because you know they they didn't want to talk about you know uh, hillbillies and, and the way they were personified and 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 they didn't want to have that stigma. 
Mm -hmm. And I guess that's, that's, that's what they were trying to do. I think in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think it was pretty biased. Now there was, what I enjoyed was that the, the, so like you said, it's pretty clear which way the filmmakers were leaning. Um, the people that they really focused on were the non-traditional um, Appalachian, mm -hmm. you know, leaning people, whether that's the young and queer, uh, the, the black, the um, uh, liberals. Yeah. Liberals. I mean, <laughs> essentially, which, which is great. All, you know, should that, that's a re representation that you wouldn't necessarily see. And I do think it was an interesting choice to, to, to go and look at, those cultures in there, but it's not surprising to me that those, you know, that there's a subculture. And I mean, you literally go to any small town and you're going to have your little subcultures and, you know, uh, in there, but the only people she talked to really that were, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, your more traditional, uh, Appalachian, like leaning people was her family. Mm -hmm. uh, and it would have been nice to maybe get a little bit more of a smattering of the different difference of opinions. Maybe she only felt safe going and talking to, and by safe, I just mean the conflict. I don't necessarily mean like physically safe, but you know, to talk to her family cause they knew she was going to, they were still going to love her and, and all that regardless of, but, um, so yeah, I, I I think her main goal was to show the incredible divide that's that's been present in our country. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you go from Kentucky as local and sort of being a liberal, and then you move to a liberal state, which is very 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 liberal. You know, California, right? Yeah. Uh, and then you come back to make a documentary during an election, one of the most divided elections mm -hmm. in in our lifetimes, right? You know, um, as far as I can tell, ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yep. and I think media has a large role to play in that. But, you know. Yeah. But I, I think her goal was to show the the how divided everybody is and, and show that ultimately we have the same goal. We just go about it differently. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Bryce, agree with that? disagree with that you want to just fucking leave or you better what? agree with that uh, <laughs> i do agree with that yeah do you think there was any questions that we didn't get answered throughout this were you like wait what the fuck happened to that thing or what or did you think it probably over over uh uh explained things I, you know i i think we got a good uh roundabout amount of knowledge on <laughs> what being a hillbilly is about and the people who take that on as their identity. Yeah. Um, and I think that was, you know, kind of the point. Yeah. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was a, this was a weird one for me. I'm going to play host for one question real do quick. Do it. Yeah. So do you guys think they portrayed hillbillies the way you grew up thinking they were. No, not really. No? no. Yeah, I didn't think so. Me either. I, I didn't. That's not what I was expecting. And when you say that, do you think it's because that your expectation of a hillbilly was not correct, or do you think that they portrayed hillbillies incorrectly? When you asked that, what did you, what was your? Well, I just I I wanted to you know compare. You know what the what the documentary said, and <laughs> and uh, uh, based on our opinions on on what we thought of it, because you know I I I don't think that they portrayed the way we, you know, us Midwesterners, uh, see what isn't a hillbilly, yeah. But you know they they live that culture and we yeah. don't. So you know what we what we know is much different than what they do. Well, most of it was because that was the the media representations of what, yeah. what it was. Um, all right. So let's talk about our ratings for the show. Um, every episode, we take some time to, to, to talk about what we want to give as an official documentary rating for this. Um, each crew member scores the documentary on a scale of one to 10 items with one being as 
as offensive as voting for Hillary Clinton is to Ashley York's family, um, and 10 being as good as a freshly distilled batch of moonshine. <laughs> uh, the item that we use for scoring changes each week based on the content of the documentary. And this week, we chose Meat House Haulers. <laughs> Can you give me a Meat House Hauler there, Moonshine? Give me a Meat House Hauler. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Sounds so much better there. All right. Uh, moonshine, let's, in your, in your best Moonshine, Russell, tell me why. Give me, a, give me a Meat House Hauler, what you rate it, and why. Oh, let's see here. I, I said I think I've floated about a five. Like I said there was a lot in it that I liked. A lot of it that kind of just took me out of it. Didn't really feel connected at points. Like I was like kind of waiting for it to end. Like I said at one point, yeah. but like I like the message that it was trying to get out. But I just feel like it kind of got stagnant in between those points. Kind of just drawed it out. So yep. fair enough. So five meat house hollers, Bruce. Yo, um, I really liked uh, a lot of the cam work, camera work that they did. Yeah, and I like how they spliced in a lot of uh, like pop culture movies and mm-hmm. everything, and trying to fit that all together with the story about her family and kind of the difference between California and where she grew up, Kentucky. Yeah, Kentucky. In Kentucky. Good old <laughs> Kentucky. So um, Meat House Haulers, hit me with it. Ooh, that's a it's five solid Meat House Haulers. Okay, five meat house haulers. Matt, mm. talk to me, friend. Yes. So the videography was my favorite part of it, mm-hmm. um, and 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 the music. Music was fucking. I sweet. fucking love hillbilly culture music. Yeah, like same. like like it's it's beautiful, and it's fun. Would you do me a kindness, Bryce? <clears throat> ah, yes. Uh, just give me a give me a good old strum there, sir. Yes. All right, uh, Matt. Yes, Matt. How I, many meat houses? I give it a very, 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 very generous six. And six. I say generous six meat house haulers from Mister Matt. I give it a four. Um, similar to you guys, I was ready for this one to be done when it started getting to the end. I. I liked a lot about it. I liked the fact that it challenged me to to kind of reevaluate some of the ways I think. In a lot of ways, that's what I look for in a documentary. But I just felt like it got ruined by bringing so much of the the election into that. So to me, that that kind of pulled me out of it. So four uh, after averaging all of our meat house haulers, the official documentary rating for Hillbilly is five meat house haulers. So. Moonshine, thanks for joining us, friend. Thanks, champ. Appreciate it. Yeah. Had a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I hope you did, man. Um, Maybe we'll – do you have a – is there wrestling documentaries out there? There's a ton of them, right? Oh, yeah. What's your favorite one? Oh, like right now, I think – is it A&W? I think they're doing like just a whole bunch of them. Like like they're doing seasons. Oh, and they, they've done some like on Mick Foley, on Hogan, on Hart, sometimes feuds between the guys. It's hard to just pick one because, you know, I've always had favorites and whatnot yeah. and lean one way. But what uh what wrestling programs are you watching right now? I watch everything. everything. I got to stay on top of the business. I watch I a little WWE, AEW, ROH, yeah. Impact, whatever I can get my Impact hands on. Impact still as hard to watch as it was for... Sometimes yes. Okay. Sometimes no. <laughs> All right. It's got its moments. Yeah, for sure. All right. So again, thanks for being here, man. No um, I want to wish everybody who's listening. I think this came comes out a couple of days after our nation's Independence Day. Uh, so hope you went out, had fun. Hope you have all your fingers and toes. Unless you didn't want them anymore, then hopefully they went in a blaze of glory. Um, you got plans for the the Fourth of July? Uh, <laughs> it's fucking April right now. <laughs> you know, probably gonna blow a firework or two, drink a drink or three. <laughs> My dad's birthday is the day after Fourth of July, so oh, we usually nice. hit Fourth of July pretty hard. So yeah. the fifth is kind of a dud for him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Let's talk about next week's episode. Next week, we're going to be taking a look into a very moving, very powerful, and courageous documentary <laughs> called Gleason. <laughs> Uh, Gleason, this doc 
uh, follows a former former NFL player as he and his family struggle with his decline into the disease ALS. Uh, and he begins to make video diaries to give to his unborn son. So grab your tissues for that one, Moonshine, if you're going to join us. I don't get too drunk and start blubbering because I right. think it's a sad one. Um, have any of you seen Gleason? Nope. Yep. Right, so this was actually your dealer on this one, so... Uh, I could tell this is going to be a tearjerker for me. <laughs> yeah. Any predictions, guys? Anything you want to say before we get into that one? I cried the first time I saw it. I'll cry every time I see it. Yep. Yep. Just play a banjo while you watch it, and you'll never cry. Uh, that a, might that a, might a, bring them out even more. You know, a banjo <laughs> does does set the mood a little different. So, <laughs> everyone, go out check out the documentary Gleason. Before next week's episode, it can be streamed on Amazon Prime Video and I think on a couple other things, but that was the one I'm going to watch it on. Uh, We're going to grab our tissues and attempt to bring a little bit of light into a dark, dark world, one documentary at a time. Uh, Go out and rate and review our podcast on your favorite podcast streaming service. Let us know what you think of our show. Uh, You can connect with us at Documentary Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or you can email us info.documentary at gmail.com Moonshine, I hope you're not in a terrible mood after all this, man. I'm, I'm floating pretty medium. <laughs> pretty, pretty medium. <laughs> it's a good night yet. Yeah, there's, it's a good, there's it's a good, still time. Time for a bad mood. I got yeah. a folding table over there right <laughs> man, now. You want to go through it? Yes! <laughs> I wish I could watch you put one of these two through that. <laughs> so, on behalf of Moonshine Russell, give me, give me something. Uh, the bohemian dream baby I'll tell you what come meet me in the ring try to take my title and I'll put you down yeah, very good very good uh, any, you got any st- uh, so let's see this comes out in July mm-hmm. beginning of July anything planned in, that far in advance I have no idea no idea I All right. hopefully I'm every champion you can find yeah you're gonna then, you're but... gonna you're gonna be Mooney at least three belts right 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 Mooney uh, two belts to three belts if I get five I may I may just retire at that point I do don't it. think it's gonna get any better <laughs> do it, uh, do it. that's do a lot it. of belts retire on the, retire <laughs> one for each pair of top. my pants <laughs> <laughs> uh, where can they find you if they wanna check any of your wrestling uh, promotions or anything like that here. Facebook I got a fan page Moonshine Russell pretty easy to find just type that in there a uh, couple of the companies i work for pwp live you can find them on facebook next level wrestling l or nlw uh they've all got link trees they'll take you to their twitter to their instagram to their tiktoks anything that's popular i guess otherwise i think my twitter handle is the bohemian dream that's da bohemian dream uh, otherwise, I'll put all that stuff on. Sh- send me that stuff. I'll put it in our show notes for this, good. and and that'll make it easy on everybody. Right, right. right. There's a lot of words and letters in there. I know. <laughs> it's, it's surprising coming from. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Let me not. Let's not go there. All right. Um, on behalf of Moonshine Russell, thank you again, sir. Bryce, Matt, DJ, the whole damn documentary crew. <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Jeff Kalaski. Uh, thank you all for listening. I hope you keep your minds open. Be kind to each other and be a good human. Be a good human. That's Matt's. What's your what's your tagline? Give me something, Bryce. Make it Uh, up right now. Come and take it. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Moonshine (laughs) putting it on a shirt. Send one send them off with something good. God damn boy, we'll catch y'all down the road. (laughs) Thanks, man.